The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? Welcome to the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. We appreciate you guys so much for joining us, as always. I hope you're having a wonderful little September here. My name is Sean O'Shadi, and I'm here with my guy, the Prince of Positivity himself. He is the king in the North. You already know who he is. He is Alexander K. Lee, AK, my man. It has been way too long at this point. I've missed you, dude. How you doing? I'm great. The people have missed us. The people, so I've seen so many comments on social media, on the MMAfighting.com comments. Uh, where is Where are the rankings? We're like, where is the pod? Where's the pound for pound list? Where's the global list, the divisional list? Uh, so uh, people, please check out MMAfighting.com. The divisional rankings that came out, um, you'll have been able to read them by the time this recording comes out, came out uh, this week. And we sort of explain... Uh, our new, our sort of new, you know, uh, rankings feature schedule, guys. We're going to try to aim to have it after every sort of major UFC event. That way, kind of better capture, you know, when the when the big rankings happen. And keep an eye out, guys, for those rankings shakeup features that we've been doing uh, to sort of, uh, you know, when we're not doing a full uh, rankings feature uh, loadout. So, uh, but yeah, but thank you everyone for your patience. We are we are definitely back. Yeah. So as AK mentioned, our, our we have now moved the schedule. We were doing initially the first week of the month, uh, and now we're just going to do the week after the pay-per-view because most of the big stuff happens for the pay-per-view. It just makes sense for us. Uh, so just keep that in mind as we move forward. Uh, and you guys already know, I mean, AK, it's been a good six weeks and we've had a lot going on. So we have a lot to dive into. But first, let's bring in the rest of this month's panel. First, the OG himself, the host of Fighter versus Rider. This man is prolific. You already know who he is. He's Damon Martin. What's going on, Damon? I'm I'm happy to be back. I missed the last rankings podcast, and I was sad about that. Well, we are happy to have you back, my friend, anytime. Uh, and also with us today, Mr. No Gray Area himself. He is the host of No Bets Bard. He's the host of Damn They Were Good. He just does a lot of really cool stuff for us. He is Mr. Jed Mashu. How you doing, Jed? 
I'm doing great because I knew what I was doing when I set my rankings and I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I knew that I'd be in this position and I'm ready to fight all of you. Bring it on. I'm ready to fight all of you. Okay. That's the energy. I like that energy to start. Uh, so let's just start on, on a big picture of you because as we said, guys, I mean, it's been about six weeks since we've been able to be in this space and talk about this kind of stuff. So I'll start with you, Jed. I mean, when it came time to do your rankings this month, there was a lot of different moves. We had a lot of big moves in the pound for pound list. Leon Edwards, Hamza Shamayev, DJ taking the top spot of a flyweight. What was the standout story or move for you this month? I mean, obviously, the it's the whole Leon thing. Like, that's welterweight is the standout story. I know we're going to talk a lot about the DJ and, and all of the ramifications there later in the pod, so I won't step on that. But, I mean, Kamaru Usman is, is dead. The king is dead. We have a new king. And also, there's, there's another guy by the name of Hamza Chmaev making things real weird in here the whole 170 thing weird stuff's afoot let me just add that kamar usman's actually alive for all the viewers out there he is very <laughs> yeah. alive he's doing well he's fine uh <laughs> don't listen to jed damon do you agree i mean is walter white sort of the big story for you when you were filing your ballot this month yeah it really does come down to that i mean i would love to sit here and say it was demetrius johnson kind of climbing back on top of his throne so to speak uh you know after getting knocked out by adriana marias but yeah it's welterweight because it's uh it's a weird month with leon edwards winning and then hamza chamayev completely blowing away cut uh not that a win over nate diaz would have really bolstered him in the welterweight rankings but you know now he's basically fighting in middleweight so yeah it's a kind of a crazy month for welterweight yeah, you guys aren't wrong. I mean, there, there were small moves sort of around the edges. Cyril Gaon taking the number two spot from Stipe Miocic, who Stipe Miocic, by the way, about to hit that 18 month cutoff. He's about to be a goner next month. I know, Jed, you're very excited about this. You've been waiting for been this. Waiting. I have gone been. from the rankings again. Gone from the rankings, by the way. Not, again, not dead. I stopped killing fighters Still on our alive. podcast. He Just will be alive. Gone. He will be gone from our rankings. Fingers crossed. He will be alive. Just gone he will be cyril gone i cannot oh wait for that man to leave to stop squatting on a ranking without fighting anybody the i the pomp and circumstance with which you will push the delete button when that time comes to file out the next ballot <laughs> I, I i want you to film it I like it'll be spectacular so excited there are a few times that i've been waiting for for things like this to happen and that is certainly one of them. I'm I'm enthused about the next <laughs> ranking cycle. Also, a couple of small moves. I mean, we had bantamweight. Uh, this one really broke my heart. I'm sure a couple of you guys as well. Uh, Marab Dalashvili jumping over Jose Aldo. He's now a top five bantamweight in the world as well. Uh, just, you know, some general movement. But AK, I mean, ultimately, I, I think I agree with these guys. Welterweight was the big story for me. What about you? I don't agree. Oh, hit me. I don't agree. I, I, uh, I will play you the devil's advocate here. I don't know. It's no. Jamal Hill, guys. Uh, oh, Jeff Neal, by the way. Jeff Neal, <laughs> Jeff Neal, Jeff Neal. Like, technically making That's one of the biggest. Welterweight thing. Another welterweight This is true. Another welterweight thing. Yeah, going from unranked. I mean, I think on most of our lists, he would have been like, if you extended it to 20, Neal would have been like 16, 17, 18. So it's not like an Neil insane jump. 16 for a really there you long go. time. Yeah, he has sort so, of bounced around the edges for yeah, a long time. So he essentially, but he jumped at least, again, technically like seven or eight or nine spots, spinning where you you might have had him in a theoretic, theoretical um, 16 to 20 spot. So great, great job by Jeff Neal. Huge win. Uh, career best performance against Luke, I would say. But I'll make the argument for DJ just by saying, like, um, it's he's outside the UFC, so it's hard for him to um, the degree of difficult the degree of difficulty to claim the number one spot. 
Uh, he is the only one right now. I know there's a vote for Corey Anderson and light heavyweight up He's there. He's the only one ever. He's the only one He's ever. The only one ever. That's right. This will be the first time in our rankings a non UFC fighter. At, and I get it. People will say, well, I mean, he's non UFC, but he was the UFC, the man in the UFC for so long. But technically, again, no longer UFC man. He is one championship, uh, one championships fighter. And they can be proud to say they have a guy in the number one spot. And he did it in such an amazing way, such a poetic way, uh, with the knee knockout of a of, uh, much larger uh, Azirano Marais. And we'll. We'll talk about the size stuff later. Believe me, people, don't worry about that. Oh, we um, have we have a lot of talk to do about this size yeah, conversation we'll because get into that. I think all of us are sort of. I don't really know what to do with this. Yeah, but for him to go over, uh, you know, Davidson Figueredo, Brandon Moreno, two people very worthy of uh, of the first place spot. They have first place votes in our um, in our rankings uh, is is really amazing. And at the stage of his career too, where I do wonder if some people were writing him off, um, like, oh, is he just gonna do fun fights now? He's gonna do because he said, I want to do kickboxing. I want to do you know uh, we uh, special rules matches like he did with Rod Tang. So is he past the point where he cares about being um, the number one flyer? Not that he ever really did. Uh, if you ask him, he's pretty laid back about all this stuff. So, yeah, huge achievement to make it back. So I'll say the Edwards thing is impressive and all the moves at welterweight for sure as a whole. I mean, that's the most that was the biggest changes of any of the divisions. But uh, let's I'm going to give DJ's props and uh, and say this was this was the big move of the month. I got to say that DJ knockout is still one of the most gorgeous knockouts I've ever Oof. seen in my entire life. Just the pick, the precision on that thing was just masterful between him and Leon in the last like six months, of this cycle, we have just had two of the best knockouts of the year and it's spectacular. You love to see it. Uh, so let's jump into it fellas, because we'll hit DJ in a bit, but this past weekend we saw a lot, a lot, a lot of craziness out there in Las Vegas, but none was crazier than the man at the center of it all. And that's Hamzat Shemaev. And we're talking about a guy who had a total layup in front of him. Like he was being given the literal golden ticket that most of these dudes in the UFC are dreaming of. And instead of cashing it in, missed weight by a whole damn division. Demol- ended up demolishing still our, our previous number 15 welterweight, Kevin Holland. That was at a 180 pound catch weight, but he blanked him. It wasn't even close. Holland literally did zero in that fight. You look at the stats. He has zero stats next to anything. Uh, and now the number next to Hamza Shemaev's name didn't actually change this time around when we brought out our new rankings. He was already number three and he, he remains number three. But that number three means something different now than it did last month, because last month, obviously, you had the Leon Camaro situation that hadn't happened yet. Camaro, Colby. Hamzat, that's where we were at. Now it's Leon, Kamaro, Hamzat, which means Hamzat is basically jumped Colby Covington to be the best non-trilogy welterweight fighter in the world, however you want to phrase that. Uh, He also debuted in our pound-for-pound rankings at number 20. But fellas, this got a lot of people really angry. Uh, And I'm just wondering... How do we how did you approach this whole situation? How do you how should we have approached this situation? Basically, giving Shemayev credit, moving him up, giving him, you know, props after missing weight by by such a massive degree. AK, let's start with you. Like, how 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 did you handle this this month? This, this wasn't hard for me at all. There was no dilemma. Uh, I have a pretty firm rule. You miss weight. You just don't move up and you don't move up. You miss weight and you win your fight. You don't move up. You just can't. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's been exceptions to this. Maybe there has. I, and I'm sure I'm sure if there hasn't in the future, there could be, you know, if you if you're like the number 10 guy and you miss weight by half a pound, one pound, and you beat the number two guy or something. There's a there's a chance I would have to, you know, there's a lot of how did the fight go and how convincing was it? Things like that. There's stuff like that that could convince me to to um to not pe- automatically penalize the uh, offending fighter with it with no movement. But in this case, for me, he's already high enough in my rankings. Uh, he, he's number three in my personal rankings behind Usman and Edwards. Uh, 
Oh, sorry, but behind Usman and uh, where do I have him? You have a number uh, three. Well, now behind Anderson, last month, uh, Usman and I had sure I have number two. I don't remember this. So uh, technically, he got bumped, bumped down one spot, but not through any fault of his own, just because Edwards claimed the number one spot. Usman down number two. So, uh, yeah. So I didn't penalize him for it. I don't think he deserves to move up any further. I couldn't put him past the, as you said, sort of the the trilogy guys. We're, we're going to assume they're going to have a trilogy soon. Um, so, yeah, pretty simple for me. You miss weight in one of these high profile situations and you almost uh, derail an entire card. You're not moving up in my in my list. I mean, Damon, when you look at this this month, did you pause? Like, did you struggle to almost even put Hamzat as a welterweight at this point? Because it feels like we're sort of in this weird limbo where we don't know where this guy's going. Obviously, historically, he has made this division. But what the hell was that? 178.5. Like, w- what are we supposed to do with with a guy like this right now? I mean, I gave him I gave him a bit of a pass when it came to, like, dropping him. I didn't drop him. Uh, and, and to be clear, if he had gone out and made 170 and laid waste to Nate Diaz, I wouldn't have moved him up either. That, to me, is not, you know, listen, I think Hamzat's an incredibly talented guy, and he may be a welterweight champion or a middleweight champion in the next, you know, year, year and a half. But Nate Diaz is not the fight that's going to get me to jump you over Colby Covington, Kamar Usman, or Leon Edwards. I'm sorry. just That's just not it. Um but this one this one is so egregious that you have to at least pause for a second because he didn't just miss weight by like a pound he missed it by you know seven and a half pounds over the limit so i didn't penalize him because it's his first time it's his only time he's missed weight so i'm not going to drop him but i'm also not going to reward him did he did he beat kevin holland dominantly absolutely um was kevin holland training for hamza chimaev no he was training for a boxer in daniel rodriguez and he got paid a bag to take a fight at, at a catch weight uh and fight hamza I have a completely stylistic difference from another guy and, and Hamzat clearly showed he had no interest in going out there and striking with Kevin Holland he went out there took him down within two seconds and, and submitted him and good on him for doing it take no damage get out of there I get it but yeah I mean I'm not gonna penalize him yet I think we need to see a bigger pattern if he tries to fight at welterweight again and misses weight again then you know that might be it for him i mean that might be you know no more putting him at welterweight that's two fights in a row he hasn't made the weight uh, or if he fights at middleweight then we start talking about does he just start getting ranked at middleweight so i'm not going to penalize him but i'm certainly not going to reward him for for beating kevin holland in a catchweight fight where he blew the main event and blew the welterweight main event at that so it's interesting the the different philosophies i think we all approach this with because i agree with you on a couple different levels damon in that this was his first time, right? So for me, I didn't penalize him because it's his first time. If this becomes a reoccurring thing, then we can revisit it. And I, I might just take him out of my welterweight rankings entirely because it, he, this dude just might be a middleweight at this point. We kind of feels like we're at a crossroads where maybe that's uh, that's what's happening. But we'll see. But I will say I did move him up. I did move him up. I love Kobe Covington simply because at this point his body of work has become so overwhelming that it is hard for me to deny it where when you, if you're five fights or six fights in the UFC and five of them are basically shutouts more or less like like literal shutouts at a certain point this is some some unprecedented shit that I've just never seen before in my entire life and I know a lot of our rankings uh, our, our philosophies are different. Some of us like to do some forecasting with the way we put stuff of, Hey, I think this guy would beat this guy rather than just resume. I think a little bit of that was playing into this for me. Cause I think if, if, if Shemaya, way to rank players, if Shemaya and Colby Covington fought like Hamza Shemaya is going to be a big favorite. And I am feel fairly confident that Shemaya would win that. Obviously that's just me predicting, but to me that combined with Colby Covington's just complete inactivity and complete. If we're being frank, just, unwillingness to fight relevant 
welterweights. Like that that's really difficult for me. He to was just... assaulted, allegedly. Well, hold on, hold on. Just a third. You say NIT, he fought in March. Against I mean, a guy uh, yeah. we don't even have in the top fifteen, my man. He was he was at the time though. He was no, he was he a was, ranked guy. He was number think fifteen. He was and he might oh, have been oh, number was? fifteen or out. He has not been ranked for a long time. But, but, but that was a, that was a grudge man. I'm not I'm, trust me, I'm not gonna defend Colby Covington, I promise you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just saying it's like the Stipe <laughs> thing. I get it. These are fights that are relevant. Beat somebody in the current top fifteen that's all I want. sometimes that's, you're that's right. I, I want. Listen, I am and that's where I come back on Homside. He has that one win over Gilbert Burns. It's an absolutely legitimate, incredible fight. And that one fight. win, that one is win is better is than, better any, than yes. anything yes. else I, on Colby Covington's resume. Yeah. Yes, no, and that's and that, that's yeah. that's fine. Like I said, I'm not I'm not going to negate the the flaw. I'm just saying I was more responding about the activity thing because he did just fight six months ago, which is sooner than a lot of other guys have fought. Well, let me let me pass the, the baton over to Jed because I think. There is an elephant in the must, room in this we. whole discussion, because when you look at the welterweight rankings right now, uh, you'll see that there are seven first place votes for the man who scored one of the most unbelievable upsets in the history of this sport. The greatest comeback of all time. Starched Kamaru Usman. Starched the guy who for so long we said was the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Ended up being number two when it happened. But regardless, Kamaru Usman, as this man framed it, is dead. And Leon Edwards is the king. Uh, and yet... The one man who didn't vote for Leon Edwards, number one in the welterweight division, is Mr. No Gray Area himself, Jed Mishu. I need you to un- to explain to me, to explain to Damon, to explain to the people, to AK, why in the hell is Hamzat Shemaev your number one welterweight this month after everything we just saw from this guy? And, and, and can I add something onto that question real quick? How dare you? How dare Jed. you? How dare you? How, How dare, dare you? you, Chad? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The Leon Edwards yours. gets yours. one moment to get his flowers, and you <laughs> no, can't no, even the let him get I'm it. Sorry. All right, go. I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. No, no, okay, yeah, no, no, cool. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I should just let him go. That's I wanted to. I no, you didn't. So no, you didn't. Wanted to give this man <laughs> his flowers. Don't start out by lying. He's still, Lies. He's still getting his flowers because I knew that you all would. But a couple of factors went into this. The first was, well. Leon, Leon's resume, honestly, a little Colby-esque. Like he, he didn't have many rel- recently relevant wins, obviously, but for starching Kamaru Usman. Which feels win. pretty relevant. That's why I have him as the number two welterweight in the world. But so I, I came into UFC 279 thinking... I, I, I had the battle between do I reward Leon for accomplishing it versus made it pretty clear the the primary thing I focus my divisional rankings on is who would win in a fist fight straight up if they booked it tomorrow on neutral territory who would win that is the main guiding principle and prior to this I had Usman over Chemaev and then Chemaev and then however it shook out on my three after those are my one and two. Watching that fight, even before the knockout comeback, I thought, okay, Chemayev will beat Usman when they fight. Like, that was a a thing that really struck me. Partly the first round, like, Leon scored the first takedown ever on Usman. Uh, his control on Usman was absolutely dominant. I was like, well, if Chemayev gets that, this is a wrap, baby. We're done here. So, And then I, I just felt that Usman gave a good performance, but he looked a little older, a little slower, just not like he didn't have everything there. And so coming out of that, had Usman won, I would have elevated Chemayev to number one anyway. 
because that that was the feeling I had. Obviously, the KO comes back. And so then I'm like, I really want to reward Leon for that incredible KO. And then Shemaev misses the weight. And I'm like, well, there's really no better time to reward Leon for the thing that he accomplished. But I'm sorry, I can't get over the fact that Hamza Shemaev is beating the ever-loving hell out of people to a degree we've never seen. And it's really that. Because it feels like everybody here sort of feels the same way. None of a, none of you have penalized Chimaev for missing weight. I am of the opinion that this is the first time it's ever happened. Certainly something rotten in Denmark was going on. I don't have any issues about him making weight moving forward. Now, in the if, if he misses the next time, okay, totally willing to have that conversation. I am of the opinion that this is a one-off whatever. We frequently rank people who have missed weight before in divisions and don't give it that much credence. I'm treating it that way. I think a whole, whole lot of Kevin Holland as a welterweight and you don't blank that dude. And it, it really is the level of dominance from him because you, I mean, you said it, you said it, Shaheen, we've never seen this. And the thing that I keep coming back to Hamzat is, is treating fighters like you see elite, elite prospects treat regional talent. Like when they just, when some dude, you know, three, uh, uh, three national championships in wrestling comes in and starts blowing people's doors off, you know, like the, against nobodies and smokers in the Midwest, Hamza's doing that to top 10 people. Cause I think Kevin Holland is a top 10 ish welterweight and he blanked him. And I can't, I can't, my eyes can't deny that if he, if he and Leon Edwards fought, he'd be a minus 400 favorite. If he fights Kamar Usman, he's going to be a favorite. I think he's going to beat the hell out of any welterweight alive. And that just had that over that outweighed everything else. Everything else, I just couldn't get past it because he is treating legitimate A competition the same way Bo Nickel treats contender series people. And that's just not something that has ever happened in the sport. Yeah, and I'll extend that even further, Jed. I, I and I hate to bring this up. I know this is uh, this is always going to be a fresh wound, but uh, you know when we did Miss Fist together before I unceremoniously exiled you, you from that feature. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel I still feel bad about that. Um, it, 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 that's what his wins look like. You know, we, we had a lot of, there's a lot of, if anyone go back to this, when Jed and I were writing, there's a lot of like, oh, this is like, this guy looks great, but this is what's great about uh, low level regional MMA or low level international MMA. Like you don't see this kind of, you know, you won't see this in the UFC. Yeah. Like that's why we love this level of MMA, this kind of like ragdolling, just pure dominance, like highlight reel ass whipping. Like that's only you're going to see in like some, some card in like a, you know, in the middle of Serbia or something. Yeah. And then that is what Hamzat is doing to high level UFC fighters. <laughs> And it's the exact, it's the exact inverse of like, well, so think of the same to carry your analogy forward, AK, when we're doing end of the year awards, there are incredibly dope things that happen from chaos to submissions on the regional circuit, like wild, like buggy chokes, all that. And that is never in our end of the year discussion because, well, yeah, I mean, cool. He did it against an O and two fighter on the prelims of an ACA car or wherever. Like it's mm -hmm. no, this is Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland went 25 minutes with Darren Brunson, Derek Brunson and Marvin Vittori, and they couldn't do anything to him other than hold him. Hamzat Shemaev folded him up like a towel and threw him away. It is the most disrespectful dominance I've ever seen in the sport. And I can't, I was a big, big Habib guy from moment one. I was like, this dude's a future champion. And Habib didn't bring this level of dominance. Nobody has ever done this. And I can't, I can't get that out of my head. I can't move past it.
First off, AK, what the hell, man? Mr. Rules Rule himself? Are you kidding me? You're coming out I, here and defending I just, this? I just the want us all to get along, Sheen. <laughs> the disrespect shown to Leon Edwards, I thought it was at an end. I thought it was over. I thought this man had finally done enough to earn people's respect and just for one second of his life, get what was credited to him, get what he earned and deserved. And you're going along with this? Let me just say this man just laid out a case for why beating Kevin Holland after missing weight should uh, move you into the number one spot in the world. When this man just went out there, one boom shot, headshot, dead, whatever he said to Leon Edwards and to Kamar Usman. And that doesn't get you the number one spot. Damon, am I crazy? Am I taking crazy pills here? No. And here's the thing. Let me just throw this out at you. Reese McKee, Lee Jing Liang. And Gilbert Burns. Oh, Those are the only three wins that Hamzat has at Walterway. Now, Gilbert Burns is legit. Those are three That's a big really yes. good wins, dude. Uh, Reese McKee is a good Reese McKee is a good win. That's one fine win and a top five and a top yeah. fifteen a top one. Re- yeah, yeah, I agree. Re- I'd put Lee, I'd put Lee above a lot of the guys that Reese McKee is a Reese McKee's a lightweight, just uh, out there. Uh sure. Lee Jing Liang's a solid guy. He's never been a great guy. He's a he's a fringe top fifteen guy. Fringe he's top still taking a beating, guys. man. Fight fight wow. weeks over and he's still taking a beating. Uh, fringe top fifteen is not great. I am so excited to know that I will never even be good at a job if being one of the fifteen <laughs> ish best in the world is like Eh. I'm so, saying, okay. I'm you, saying were, fringe, you were number one in my heart until this. This is just I can't. But, but now, but now, now Gilbert Burns is the one legitimate big win, and that was obviously his toughest fight, no doubt about it. And Gilbert Burns again, legit top fifteen. That's a great. That's a one. I have, again, I have comes on Chimaev. Well, he got bumped down one only because Usman lost, and I have him at number two now. So technically, Chimaev got bumped down to number four. And I'm not even really arguing that the Colby Covington point. If you want to put him above Colby, fine. Colby's been out for six months. Yeah, but again, again, I I'm a big you know uh, what what have you done what what have you done to do it and to be honest like you know uh, Colby had the win over Masvidal and uh, and since then you know Hamza had a chance to fight a welterweight and he didn't fight a welterweight he didn't fight he fought a middleweight he fought a hundred seventy eight point five pounds he made up his own weight class yeah he just made up his own weight class so that's why well, I can't, Kevin I mean, Lee can it, do it but Hamza can't I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, so, but, so the point is, is like, I don't have a problem with him being three or four. Like I, again, I have no, I can't, but I can't put him above Usman or Edwards. I mean, you know, Leon Edwards just head kicked, knocked out a guy that I was calling the greatest welterweight of all time leading into that card. Yeah, you were, uh, crazy. were you, were you actually saying oh, that? And I, oh, I 100% Damon. think in their pride, I think 100% their prime oh, score, Usman would wash George St. Pierre. Uh, Damon, do you, do you hear what just happened? It's no, all the people Damon. listening who are like, Jed is a moron. And then be like, crap. Well, I guess Jed's right because Damon thought GSP wasn't the goat. Oh, no, but Damon. Regardless, so if you bump that's Usman that's down to number two. But Usman, let's just put Usman at number two then, okay? Then you got Edwards at number one. Okay, Again, fair. I just don't see accomplishment-wise. Back on, yes. I just can't, I can't, I can't put Chemayev above either one of those guys when you look at the body of work, yes, he. I mean, I'm I think Chimaev, I think Chemayev is a monster. 100% he's a monster. And if he can actually make the weight, I fully believe he can become champion. Now, will he? I don't know because he can't. We don't know if he's going to make the weight. His Where coach just said. Batman? His coach just said the other day we're going to probably go to middleweight. <laughs> like he's like, I'm going to talk to him about going to middleweight. We may this may be a this may be a moot point a month from now because he may just book a middleweight fight against Paulo Costa. And that's okay. Then we can rediscuss. But riddle me this, Damon, because I have no issues with you. Any of you not putting Hamza at number one, I understand what you guys are doing, and I'm cool with it. 
But if if they book the fight tomorrow, if they book the fight tomorrow between Leon and Hamzat, who are you picking to win? That's not the that's not the question though because no, if they book the that, fight tomorrow, that, I think that, that, yeah, that's the question. That's the question to me. No, no, because no. as okay, I have here's stated, the, point. the primary ranking tool I use is who would win in a fight. But I understand oh, but, that, but yeah. if they book that fight tomorrow, I think a lot of people would also pick Kamara Usman to win that fight, and we can't put him ahead of Leon because we have to respect results to a certain degree, especially when someone gets starched. I I agree. That's why I one I would pick Edwards to be Usman, but. The way my rankings work, which I feel like I've clearly said and don't want to do this every time, but <laughs> it's who I think would win unless there is specific evidence that I'm wrong, i.e. Leon just beat Usman. We have to respect the result. But with Leon and Chemayev haven't fought, I don't. Ha- there's no result to respect. So I have Chemayev at one because I think if they book that fight tomorrow, Chemayev wins the fight. Now, if they book it, Chemayev loses. I have to put Leon in front of him because that's how it shakes out. But this is, it's I I get it, and I respect all of your choices here. And I'm not even <laughs> saying I'm right because I think there's a there are a lot of people who wouldn't agree with me, and part of me hates that I have done it. But I can't get past the <laughs> I idea. Hope so. I hope so. I just can't get past the idea that you if they live book with these two shame. dudes tomorrow, one man is going to be a minus 450 favorite over anybody else in the division. And when the fight actually happens, we're going to be like, dude, he should have been like a minus 800. Holy uh, hell. I haven't seen Leon Edwards get but, uh, absolutely but demolished but like that ever. Also, but, that was some you, gymnastics. You, I mean, That's some well, serious gymnastics. He admitted he lives with this the, shame. The Shemaya so hypotheticals are great, but I mean, everyone thought, everyone thought he was going to go in there and wash Gilbert Burns, remember he was a massive favorite. Gilbert, too. this w, is going to be this is going to be his coming out party, and he was he was one two punches away from losing that fight. I mean, he got he got beat up if in I that had second wheels, round. I'd be a wagon, Damon, but, but I don't that, have that, wheels. And I but ain't that's wagon. what I'm saying. You're playing hypotheticals. That's what I'm saying. That's the hypothetical. You, everyone thought he was going to run through Gilbert Burns. You say he's going to run through Colby Covington. He may win that fight. I don't know. Colby's a good wrestler. Colby's got cardio. We don't know what Shabai's cardio would look like in round four and five. Put that fight in Salt Lake City. Whole different animal. Uh, uh, again, there's these hypotheticals that we're playing into that you can't actually say will happen with 100% absolute certainty, and that's the problem. Are you suggesting, Damon, that a, a ranking of a subjective ranking of people might not be the most scientifically sound thing we've ever done Whoa. on this website? But if you're Whoa. subjective is one thing, but if we're just ranking based on who we think, who we like, yeah. or who we think is better... What is what do accomplishments matter? I mean, what does any of it matter at that point? I like, mean, you know, accomplishments like, inform who I believe will do better moving forward. Well, here, Jed, Jed, can I can I ask something? Sure. You you could have put. I mean, you couldn't have waited. You couldn't have given Edwards this moment. You could have made Shamaya <laughs> number one later. I don't know. You could have like a few months. Have I don't know. You just a, a, a random rejiggering of your the top of your you Actually, know. Well, you couldn't have given him this one this one moment where he was the unanimous. Whilst we're in the world, because let me tell you something somewhere out there. Oh, AK just sat up in his seat. AK just sat up in his seat. This is like you leading forward playing a video game or something. UFC champion, beat the pound for pound, number one guy, one of the greatest welterweights of all time, Kamaru Usman. He's living life. And then suddenly the MMA fighting global rankings come out. He's like, he's got a, he's got a sip of tea. He's got a cup of tea. He's got a cuppa. He's got a cuppa with him. You know, he's enjoying a fine English breakfast. Rolls out the newspaper, I'm sorry, whatever his phone, to look at the rankings and sees one, he's not the consensus number one welterweight, according to our rankings, and just ruins the disrespect. You just probably just ruined his whole day 
You ruined um, Edward, no, Leon no, Edwards' cup of tea. You ruined him. You, you ruined his cup of tea. You ruined his Christmas probably. Y'all it's very upsetting him because oh. Leon Edwards is a man who he is never. He is always the underdog. I'm giving him fuel to defend wow. his title. You guys are <laughs> wow. out here just crowning him. Let's king the man who lost 23 minutes or whatever of the fight before okay. pulling people, off the people most need sensational to stop saying KO that. comeback. People need to stop time. saying this because I, I keep seeing people be like, "Oh, he lost all of that fight." Like, dude had a very dominant first round. And that is sure. one fifth of the fight. He so, he like, lost let's 18 give him... minutes of that fight okay. and had the that greatest KO in the history of of this one of the greatest KOs ever. But a fight he was, they were writing his obituary before he pulled that shit out oh. of his ass. Well, fights so, are twenty five minutes long. Fights are twenty five minutes. Long. Guess what? They're not twenty. They're not twenty minutes long. They're not twenty two minutes long. They're twenty five minutes long. So uh, that man needs motivation for the rematch, and I'm giving it to him, baby, because until he beats Chimaev. Chimaev or Chimaev blows weight again or moves to 185. Chimaev is my top 170 here until such time as something else changes. All right. So Jed's alone on this island. We need to move this train forward a little bit, but we're going to stay on this topic because basically the welterweights, as we said at the top, were the big story this month. And this one was, I think, surprising for us that this even became somewhat of a, of a controversial issue. But it seemed to and it regards Leon Edwards. And, and I think it speaks to the continuing disrespect that this man is getting because Leon Edwards this month debuted on our pound for pound rankings. He was unranked before. Now he is number four. Kamar Usman was number two. He beat number two. Leon debuts at number four. I think Kamaru's at number six now. Uh, and guys, people really had a problem with this. Like, really, really had a problem with it. I believe the word clown shit was used. Uh, I believe there were accusations of, guys, you're better than this. Just a lot of people being upset that I'm Leon not. Edwards is now the number four pound for pound fighter in the world. This to me felt very uncontroversial. I was surprised by all this. AK Damon, what did you guys make of this? Because Jed, I know you have some thoughts as well. Well, I'll say quickly, I'll, I'll let Damon have a little more platform here. But let me just say, uh, there, there is reason to kind of question and this kind of, uh, you know, our methodology here and this kind of goes with what I was just saying, sort of admonishing Jed for. Uh, we've been pretty disrespectful to Leon Edwards. Now, it is tough. I will say it is tough to land in the uh, pound for pound rankings unless you are a champion in a promotion or if you are on, um, you know, some incredible run in one of the stronger divisions. So, you know, I think a lot of us will see multiple lightweights, uh, multiple welterweights, bantamweights. So, uh but Leon, for whatever reason, just wasn't in there. Uh, we did have questions about his competition. I think his best wins are what? Uh, RDA definitely is a really good one. Nate Diaz is fine. Um, Gunnar Nelson, Luke a long time ago. So there's some names in there. But most of us felt pretty comfortable not having Leon in our top 20. I don't recall it ever being discussed. I don't know if I ever saw anyone even give him a point. So it is a bit jarring, I understand, to see him now suddenly leap all the way into the top five. But I'm fine with it. I justified it with, again, when you have a win that is that amazing. I know not dominant, not a dominant bell-to-bell performance, but that memorable and that definitive, at least the way it ended, um, over the pound-for-pound number one guy, you, you won, you have to jump into the rankings somewhere. Um, and for in my case, there's just no half measures. And then so I'll give so it, it reflects upon the rest of his resume better. Like, again, RDA, Luke, the guy, some of the guys I mentioned, fine wins that'll put you like, you know, somewhere in the top 30. And then you knock off the, the number one guy. Guess what? You get to jump all the way in, at least in my rankings, up to number five. And I think that's where he landed in our uh, number four. Yeah, number four in yeah. our consensus rankings. Wow. 
So for me, this this is going back a little bit, but this kind of reminds me, and I know this is a little different because Leon Edwards was already you know a top five, top six welterweight when the fight happened. But this reminds me of when Matt Sarah knocked out George St. Pierre. And there was this huge conundrum among everybody. Like, where do you rank Matt Sarah? Like, is anyone really going to believe he's the best welterweight in the sport? But how can you not rank him number one? Because he just knocked out George St. Pierre, the number one, you know, George St. Pierre is far and away the best guy in the world. And so everyone's confused. Like, what do you do? Like, and, and there's no right or wrong answer. Like, what do you do? You can't put him below GSP because he just knocked him out in the first round. In this particular instance, it's the same thing for me. Do I do I legitimately, like, this is where I kind of fall on the Jed sword a little bit, where I'm like, legitimately, do I think Leon Edwards is the number four best fighter in the entire planet, pound for pound? Not necessarily, but he did knock out the guy I had ranked number one. And so you can't, so I'm not putting him number one. I can't put him above, you know, guys like Volkanovsky and, and, and Oliver guys who have been on longer win streaks against, you know, overall better competition, but you go out there and rocket Kamar Usman's head to the fourth row. Uh, I don't care if it came in a comeback or not. You just knocked out a guy who was on an un- incredible win streak, undefeated in the UFC, number one pound for pound. You can't not get a big jump up. And so I was kind of stuck with that. So do I truly believe he's the, you know, one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world? Well, he is a welterweight champion. Absolutely. But would I, would I say he's the talent wise there? No, probably not. But again, you knock out Kamar Usman, knock him dead hard in the fifth round. I can't not put you somewhere up there. I can't just negate that win doesn't happen. It means something. It means something. And I feel like it speaks to because like we 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 use discretion in my mind, right? Because we didn't jump Leon Edwards to number two. That would have felt ridiculous if we did that. I think most of us, I think in particular, all of us on this call either had him at number five or number four. But to me, that feels incredibly justified because he all he was missing this whole time, right? This whole entire time. What was he missing? He was missing that one big statement win because he had wins over Luke Cerrone when Cerrone was still before Cerrone had totally, totally fallen off a cliff. RDA, uh, Nate Diaz. I mean, Nate Diaz one is whatever, but like he had a good body of work. He was unbeaten since like 2015. Yes. Yeah. Uh, A very, very long winning streak or unbeaten streak at the very least, but he was just missing that statement win. So he gets that statement win. And that is enough in my mind to then put you among the very best fighters in the world. And again, we use discretion. He didn't go in at number two. He went in at number four. That feels like a very nice, happy medium for me. I just was surprised, I guess. And I think it speaks to just people not still, not believing that this happened, believing it would happen again, respecting Leon as this number one guy in the world. Jed, where do you fall in this? Because I saw you engaging with some of the people on this. Were you as surprised as me that this was even a thing? A little. Uh, I understand the inclination. Uh, I think it's wrong. But like, I, I think a couple, honestly, the biggest part to me is we not me, y'all, because let's be clear, I do my pound for pound rankings are entirely a mathematic system of I score based on your number of wins against currently ranked divisional opposition. Like I just have a, a scoring structure and I lay it out and count it up. So big algorithm guy, you. Yeah. Well, for this one, because <laughs> like to me, that felt better for pound for pound is because I don't think of pound for pound as I saw some people saying, isn't it if everybody weighed the same, the skills and like, no, I just think of it as like, how good are you against your, where you are at compared to your peers? That's how I've sort of always viewed it. The, the, if everybody weighed the same argument never made sense to me. Cause like, well, flyweights would then be the number one 
pound for pound always because yeah, they you, 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 you put a flyweight at 265 and he has all that yeah. and, and by the way work let me yeah. say yeah. let me say one of our panelists has a strict oh. no heavyweights no we're light about, heavyweights we're about rule. to get to that because no, we don't have to do that yet we don't have to no, no, we don't have to dive into it but i will say <laughs> i uh, the most egregious thing i think in our pound for pound rankings is that uh because of that one rogue panelist just disrespecting the at least two very clear heavyweights that should be in there, Francis Ngannou is five instead of at least three, which is where he deserves to be if you look at how we score it. So that, I think, is the most egregious. But for me, I think this speaks some to I am very surprised based on the way you guys do your rankings that Leon Edwards functionally just wasn't in existence prior to this i think that is an oversight based on that and so it would it would cushion the blow a little better but for me I, leon edwards knocking him out doesn't change the fact that kamaru usman is one of the five best pound for pound fighters in the world like if you just look at the who he has beaten the, the his wins over currently ranked opposition in the division he has more of them than anyone that's not israel adesanya and he's tied with Francis Ngannou. Like, so that's, to me, it was very obvious. Like here, I still have to have Usman ranked highly, but Leon beat him in, in the division. It is not he went up a division like we got with, with Izzy versus Jan. Is he, went, he beat him, beat him at the stakes. He gets to, to reap the benefits of it in this regard. So uh, I rec if, if you dis disagree and wanted to summarily drop both Usman and Edwards lower as a result, I don't have any huge issues with that, but I do think that to somewhat undercuts just how, how good and how relevant Usman's wins still are. Cause that's the thing. Like Usman's wins are still good wins. Like Stipe doesn't have any good wins right now, like over currently good opposition, but for the Nganu trade off. So it's like but with Usman, He's beaten a bunch of other dudes who are still very relevant in our ranking. So that's just sort of where I settled down. I mostly think, though, that we should be talking about the injustice being done to Francis Ngannou, the number three pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world by any reasonable metric. But that's neither here nor there. That's a, that's a different argument for a different show because we could go a full hour with that. And we need to have the rogue panelists on because... It, I think it would drive us all insane. But he is consistent. But but his list his list has a clear ruling. As I will say this rogue panelist. But I think Jed, you speak to maybe a good point in this whole discussion, which is we probably should have had Leon Edwards on to some degree, right? We should have yeah. had him on at least at number twenty nineteen range, uh, and we just didn't. And maybe and we're not infallible. Like but, we're all well, just a bunch of. You also, you, also, yeah. you also have to you have to remember Leon going into that fight. I mean, again, his biggest win at that point. That's very we're fair. talking accomplishments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, Nate Diaz is not a welterweight. I don't care how many times he fights a welterweight. He's the not biggest a welterweight. Win was probably done. Luke like years ago. You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, he has a he had a, he had a no contest with Bilal. You know, if he had beaten Bilal and seen what Bilal's doing now, that would mean more now. But he didn't beat Bilal. He had an eye poke and the fight just, was over. Just yeah, so looking, we're clear. Just so we're clear, and not to call out people who are on this podcast some of us have colby covington ranked whose best win is rafael dos anjos and leon edwards best win is also rafael dos anjos <laughs> so like could he could you have been was, in there is all i'm was. saying but uh, and he was yeah, yeah covington yeah, was, was, was. Yeah, yeah he, he was tied it, for, so. he was tied for 17th yeah, actually yeah, entering I'm, this i'm month, saying is oh, okay. some people have oh, covington currently ranked sure. and had him previously and if the argument is, well, Leon didn't beat anybody, 
Covington's best wins are two losses to Usman, which losses aren't wins. So like, very it's, fair. Very uh, fair. But who are you going to take off? I mean, I'm just looking at. So this is last month's anyone pound in the bottom list. 15. No, I mean, I mean, a Piotr Jan. I don't think it's a better res- uh, Glover to share. I, I don't think 15? I don't think Leon before before the Usman win. I don't think I don't think he has a better record than Glover to share. Corey Anderson. I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say Leon before that had a better record than Corey. The, the Usman win really most people, ties the I, room together. I think most people would say that we should have had Leon over Corey Anderson. Yeah, I but don't, that's I just, don't think, that's I don't just think they would say to the Corey Anderson. I, I don't think that they would say that actually. Fair to me because uh, yeah, he's, he's a I wouldn't put I wouldn't put him over Jan Blahovitz. Either way. I was just surprised by it. I think ultimately we all sort of land in the same place that this we're for number four feels very fair. And I agree with you, Jed, that it probably should be number five and, and, and Ganu should maybe be ahead of him. But that's not that's not our fault. That's not none of us here on this podcast. fault. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One last topic that I want to get into, and then I know AK, I'll pass it off to you. You oh, have God. something as well. Uh, it's the last thing I have. Will for we you have guys. time after this, Shane? Are we gonna have time after this one? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, because I don't know how long this is gonna last, but this is something oh. that has a subject that's recently come up. Um, it's honestly probably very uh, long overdue. Who knows if we'll succeed? right now and what we're trying to do but we're just going to try to figure this out right now right here right now with yes. you the people we're going to try to figure this all out because we don't know what the hell we're supposed to do with this one championship guys one championship is weird one championship is just what? a very weird weird thing that exists in the mma space and usually you don't have to take it into much consideration when you have rankings discussions because they don't have many of the best fighters in the world but 
There are a few exceptions, and one of those exceptions is now our number one flyweight. This was not a debate that we really fell heavily into over the last year of doing these rankings. When we initially did the rankings last year, we said, how do we want to handle one championship fighters? Mainly, so how do we want to... debate we had when we were setting up the rankings. It almost derailed the actual rankings from being a thing. But it was all more or less like focused around one guy, Demetrius Johnson, because Demetrius Johnson is just one of the greatest fighters of all time, best flyweight of all time, but he doesn't fight at 125 anymore. How do we deal with it? Because obviously one championship divisions are 10 pounds or just not, not even 10, but just like whatever the next one up from a normal division because of the way yes. they do hydration tests and such. That didn't matter as much when Demetrius Johnson was not the number one flyweight in the world in our eyes. But now he is because he exacted violent vengeance upon Adriano Marais. And now all of a sudden we were left in this weird conundrum of, of what do we do with this? Because DJ in my eyes is very clearly a flyweight. Like if you just use common sense, dude's a flyweight. He was never a bantamweight ever in his life. He competed at bantamweight because there wasn't a flyweight division. And then the moment they made one, he went down and he dominated and became one of the best fighters of all time. And even right now, you look at him against actual bantamweights and he is so much smaller than them. So it felt common to me or for common sense to me. But then DJ, literally the day after or the same day, I think that we proclaimed him as the number one lightweight or flyweight same in the day, world. Baby. Same, same day, day. Uh, goes on the MMA hour on MMA fighting and says, well, you know, I don't really consider myself a flyweight anymore. I consider myself more <laughs> along with the bantamweights in the world, like the Aljos and all the, and the Peter Yans and such. And now we're sitting here with egg on our face with the number one flyweight in the world saying I'm not an actual flyweight. So gentlemen, I, I, I bring this to you. I don't have an answer. When we posted this initially, a lot of people were very upset of, hey, DJ fights at 130, oh, yeah. 135. Do you guys even know the sport? What the <laughs> hell? Do we do with one championship fighters and in particular DJ, but just in general, we need to figure this out because we have been sort of floating along, just putting them in with their listed division. You say you're a flyweight, we'll call you a flyweight. You say you're a lightweight, we'll call you a lightweight. I don't know what to do anymore. I open the floor. If anybody has ideas, what do you uh, think? Let, let me start off here. For, I felt so attacked when DJ went on the uh, MMA hour and was like, yep, nope, no flyweight for me. Don't even want to hear about this flyweight discussion. Nope, nope, nope. Bantamweight, bantamweight, never going back down. That was personal. And I love Demetri Johnson. We all love Demetri Johnson. That shit was personal. Um, it's, oh man, you're even getting AK to swear. That was, uh, that, that's, that's a little one. That's, that's, the one yeah, that's PG. You can say that on, on Nickelodeon now. Um, Is that true? There's uh, no I, chance that's I, true. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> It's 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 really what really makes this this conversation messed up is not just the DJ part of it it's the the Adriano Marais part of it because uh, Adriano because he's super is, not a flyweight he's clearly not, not a flyweight right and, and, and I get it I get it this was the case ahead of their first matchup too I understand it was very convenient for us to just kind of sweep that like sweep it under the rug at the time we're like it's one thing we, you know we don't have to yeah. it's fine it's it's there's no other there's no other issues we really need to bring up. Let's keep them at flyweight. It's neater this way. And then neither of them fought again until they fight each other in their in their rematch. I mean, again, uh, DJ did the special rules match, but so it was easy. Didn't have to worry about it. We just we we should have dealt with this ahead of time. We were arrogant. We were like, <laughs> we were we were arrogant. We were again. But it is it is really tricky because DJ. Yeah, don't put that okay. on well, me. Okay, well I'm trying what? to guys don't put it on me by myself. We're a you team. You said it. 
We're a team. Um, some but, of us, some of us said from the jump that this was stupid and that the flyweight is flyweight okay. and it's 125 but then pounds, what's, not would you just, would, you, would you just have put him and, and uh, Adriano Moraes in different weight classes? Like that makes no sense. You can't do that. They fight. They clearly fight each other. Or you would put, or you would put DJF at 135. DJF is a 135er. I but that's said absurd. We were doing this a year ago. I agree is, because he could be a dope flyweight. He is a dope flyweight. I don't care. Dope I, I don't care. If I DJ had says. wheels, I'd be a wagon. Stop and he doesn't have wheels. No, 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 no. He doesn't He's fight at the decision. Stop he fights sir. at 135. I don't That's care. No, listen. <laughs> this is... I don't care. Listen, Demetrius Johnson, if you're out there, I don't care what you say about your weight class. I know you better than you. I'm saying you're a flyweight, sir. You are a flyweight. I know. I know you're living life out in in in, in Singapore, or when you at least when you fight out there, and not having to cut that extra weight. Fantastic. I get. It. It's just that your life is easier. And 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 I'm sure if he came back, if he ever came back to the UFC or a, any North American promotion with normal weight classes, he would probably take some fights at 135 be, sure, against the right opponent. If he came sure. back to the UFC, he would fight at 125. But he's a flyweight. He would make if they they would they would make the money right, and he would fight drop down to one twenty five again. He wouldn't love it, but he would do it. He's a flyweight. The Figueredo is bigger than him. Brandon Moreno is probably bigger than him. Most of the flyers in the UFC are bigger than him. So while I don't approve of of one's weight class chicanery in general, this is one situation where I like I'm okay. This kind of makes sense for them to do it this way. Um, and and I wish he could come back again to America just just to stop this madness. But we are now left with this problem. Um, uh, and we kind of I think we all have to agree with this guy's as a family. What are we going to do at, at some point? Do we just move all the one guys, including your your boy? Uh, Jen, I don't know what we're going to do with your boy, uh, Reiner DeRitter. He's going to take then, a big hit if we move well, he him would up. go up to light heavyweight and then. Mm-hmm. And technically heavyweight, I guess, because his other titles yeah. like two twenty, it's like two twenty five or something like that. Like he's that's not a heavyweight. heavyweight. He's not a heavyweight. He's not, and he's not a heavyweight. So, so I, so Jed, I throw it to you in that way. Are you are you willing to do that to the Dutch knight? Yeah, are you willing to do that to him? It's, it's it's reasonable and okay. Here, I when we first did this, I got overruled, and I was vehemently against this because okay. it's incredibly this. This stupid to me for us to be like fine. Well. In our feels, he's a flyweight because that's what it was. It's not our I just feels. want us to be honest. I just want us he to be is. honest about what this has been the entire time, which is everybody loves Demetrius Johnson. And if we make him a 135er, he doesn't get to be ranked anymore. And that makes people feel unhappy because he's dope and awesome and we love him and we want to fet and celebrate this great, great man. And I'm on board with it. But if he, when he says he ain't a 125er and he's not fighting at 125, if it looks like a duck and it weighs like a duck, it's a friggin' duck. And he's a 135er. And that's just how. He does not look like a duck. He, that's the issue. He doesn't look like a duck. He, he, he fights at the This is the issue, okay. In that You're analogy, sorry. he does it's not look like a duck. What I meant to say is if he weighs like a duck and says, I'm a duck, he's a duck. Fine. And Fine. so he's not a 125er. And as long as our rules stipulated that he was, I ranked him in number one because that was the rules we all agreed to and I was overruled in this. I think... I From the jump, I said we shouldn't do this. I would be content for us to do it. I am also willing to offer you an olive branch, AK, and say, who cares? <laughs> we've, already, we've already gone down this road. Let's just keep paddling down the creek if we're happy about it because 
I mean, one, you're talking to a guy who frequently just makes wild speculations about who would win and who wouldn't. So why not speculate about who can make weights and who can't? Uh, and then also, like, historically, we've played pretty, not us, but in general, MMA's played pretty fast and loose with weight classes. Like, technically, the UFC's 205-pound light heavyweight division started as middleweight, which was less than 200 pounds, but they keep that all in a linear progression of historical value. Like, and we all, the pride versus UFC weight connections weren't like uh, totally analogous. But so here's the thing though, because I still don't know where I actually fall in this debate. I'm, I'm very conflicted because there is one element to this that feels like it could very possibly happen. And then we're left looking like dicks, which is, Demetrius Johnson, Adriana Marais might fight for a third time. They're probably going to fight for a third time. And if Adriana Marais wins that fight, it's fine. We might be compelled to have to put him as the number one flyweight in the world when the dude is clearly not a flyweight. Like he is. If anybody who well, this conversation doesn't look like that. a duck, he doesn't this. look like a duck. And I know Damon, you had him at number one flyweight he before has, all been, of this. Where do you stand on this? Because I okay. So let me. I'm just going to settle the debate. I'm just going to put it to an end right here. Please, I'm going to bring bring you guys around to my way of thinking. So when we had this debate initially, I was the one banging the drum saying they're saying they're flyweights, rank them as flyweights. It's going to get too confusing to try to do otherwise. And a lot of the guys and girls and one championship were fighting in the bigger weight classes were legitimately in their weight class. They just didn't cut weight. Eddie Alvarez fights a lightweight in one championship. He's a light. Yes, he did fight a welterweight early in his career, but he's a lightweight. We all know he's a lightweight. Uh, Christian Lee, who is the current one lightweight champion, he is legitimately a lightweight. Yes, he fights at 170, but he is 100% a lightweight. Uh, and yeah, we just talked ad nauseum about Demetrius Johnson. We know he is truly a flyweight. That being said, I've come around on the other way of thinking because when Demetrius Johnson, the guy who just became flyweight champion, comes out and says, I'm not a flyweight, I'll never be a flyweight again, it's real hard to argue against the logic of saying, well, no, no, you are the best flyweight in the world because the reality is... <laughs> no, the no, reality DJ, is, listen to me, please. Yeah, yeah. The reality is at 135, which is where he's fighting now, which means he's weighing more than 135 and still cutting a little bit of weight to get to 135, I remember when Demetrius Johnson fought Dominic Cruz. I was at that fight, and he got ragdolled for the most part of that fight. He was Dominic Cruz dominated Demetrius Johnson because he was that much bigger, that much stronger. Demetrius Johnson, I've got, listen, I'm admitting I was wrong. I, I went by that logic when we made the rankings and said it's just going to get too confusing. Most of the guys who are fighting at their weight class, and to be clear, by the way, to Adriano Marais, he actually did fight at flyweight in one he championship did. at, at one point in his life. But that no, man absolutely but could not make flyweight make right now. We don't know that. We don't. But my know, point we is, do, do he did it a few, a few years ago before they did the hydration testing. He was fighting it at one twenty-five. He was, I believe, he was a champion at one twenty-five before they made the changes. Regardless, that's not the case now. That's not their weight classes now. And if Demetrius Johnson is coming out and saying, I'm not a flyweight, I'm never going to be a flyweight, stop calling me a flyweight, it's real hard to say, no, no, you're a flyweight, number one flyweight in the world. The reality is if they're going to make their weight classes bigger and if they want to do the whole hydration testing and all this kind of stuff that – I don't know how suspect it is and what's real yeah, and what's a lot not. Of air and all these guys. going on right yeah, now on the Zoom. Yeah, I'm just so, letting you know that's crazy. So if that's the oh. case, then we can't rank them in those weight classes anymore. We got to rank them by weight. And the weight is Demetrius Johnson weighs 135 pounds. I won't put him in the top 15 of bantamweight. He's not. 
We you, have a little bit of evidence. You wouldn't even put him in the top That's, 15. So that was, uh, this is what I have to ask. Hypothetically, let's say we make this move. We're nothing decided yet. Where do you put Demetrius Johnson in our current bantamweight rankings? Uh, not in the top 15. That seems crazy. You what, don't think DJ a, beats he, he, he John Lineker? Top 15 well, John Lineker would move up. John Lineker the, the would move ban, up to 145. The bantamweight oh, division, division is so, like, this is this always goes back to, like, what I think about, like, the weight class is what they once were. There was a time when Dominic Cruz looked like the most, the biggest, most massive bantamweight in the world. Like, you see him against, like, Uriah Faber, and you're like, man, they're in different weight classes. Uriah looks so much smaller than him. Now, Dominic is barely the same size of some of these guys he's smaller but Damon. Than, than, so my point being so we had the little bit of body evidence we have at elite level Demetrius Johnson at Bantamweight he was okay he lost to Dominic Cruz and there's no shame in that Dominic was at his best well, he was more than he's better than okay he was he was still relatively he fought, elite he, f- he fought for the world yeah. title <laughs> but Damon so <laughs> I'm just looking at okay. your Bantamweight list right now um you don't think, think you don't think if I matched him right now that DJ would beat Ricky Simone Patchy Mix ooh, or no, Pedro Munoz Oh, see, you went with the different one I would have gone with, Sean. I think Sergio Pettis is the best counter example here. Any of them. Sir, Sergio well, Pettis, Pettis, is, Pettis is like number a top 10 guy for us. He, he is, is also a yeah. former flyweight, and yeah. DJ would probably dust him up something fierce. I mm-hmm. wouldn't pick him to beat Ricky, pick DJ to beat Ricky Simone, because I'm well, fully on board with Damon on the size difference there. But I think Pettis <laughs> makes but, a Hold on, let me get back here. The one other thing I'm going to say about this is, again, I'm not the who would who would win and fight. You know, while I'm saying I don't think he would do well against most of the bantamweights I'm ranking, the other problem is we're, if we're going to go by accomplishments, who's he beating a bantamweight? He's not fighting bantamweights. That's the who's thing. It, that, no, so that, we're, so putting, we're putting him in a division. He can't be ranked then. We're, we're essentially, in, he can't possibly be ranked in. Well, if, no, we make, if we make the change, that's we're correct. essentially Absurd. saying that one championship think, fighters can't be ranked because they won't have the resume against the respective division we're putting them in. Pretty much. Oh, chat tree's yeah. going to come, come breathing, breathing fire down on us. I definitely don't want to do this. Listen, I understand. Oh, no. Listen, I understand. Make, a better, make I understand. better divisions. I understand. I understand. I'm tempting the wrath of billions upon billions of potential fans <laughs> but the reality is that if you're not in that weight class and i listen i'm admitting i'm coming around on this i'm jed's way of thinking now i was not that way when we started because i was like it's just too confusing let's just go with their rankings they say flyweights let's go with flyweights i've come around and saying you know what they're not they're not at that weight class anymore while i still legitimately believe christian lee is a lightweight he fights at 170 and you're right he won't have the resume at 170 to ever get ranked that's one championship's choice that's their choice one championship has but chosen to go the with the fighters this. right because christian lee could no. go on a 10-year unbeaten streak but if he will have never fought never a single ranked. ranked welterweight one, we're okay. essentially damning him to never be oh, ranked no, in not, our rankings no, we can still rank him because like i mean so i agree it, it caps you but let's just be honest not fighting in the ufc pretty much caps just about every fighter in the rankings but like if you look up and down my rankings i have a bunch of people who are in different circumstances because they're competing at quote unquote the true heavyweight or whatever but like i've got phil defreeze ranked in my heavyweights the you know, ksw champion like they're not beating guys we would traditionally consider great or whatever, but they put together these runs and they they will can and deserve to get in there. But Phil DeFries is on the very, very, very periphery of yeah, your that's, rankings. That, that's, that's, where like, you, that's where you end up because you're not fighting in the UFC and that that sucks, but that's 
where that's also just the truth for every one of these. None of us have, we said at the start, everybody has a UFC fighter as their top fighter, but for flyweight. How many non-UFC fighters well, really Damon populate Well, Damon has Corey Anderson rankings? too, I believe. I, yeah. I don't have number one. I have not. Yeah, somebody, somebody has Corey. Somebody so. has Corey How many non-UFC fighters populate the top fives of our rankings? It's incredibly and, few. And also, and it just sort of is. But that's that how mean, it goes. That, but also, but, but also, but let's, should, but hold on. let's let's remember. Demetrius Johnson is number one, or he's again. The reason I put Adriana Marias number one based on our ranking system is because he beat Demetrius Johnson, who is the greatest flyweight of all time. Let's not forget the whole reason Demetrius Johnson is even hovering around that top spot is because of what he did in the UFC. It's not because he beat uh, he beat you know Yuyawakamatsu. Because Respect. he beat Yuya Wakamatsu in, in one championship. It's because he it's because he was the number one flyweight in the world. He lost a very controversial decision to say or very close to I won't say controversial, close decision to Henry Cejudo. And he was still that's where he was oh, when he went to one championship. Controversial. He was, but Adrian Marais is a very good win. Like in particular no, the, is, the method in which he But I'm saying it. that the whole argument about Demetrius is that he was already ranked number at worst number two or three when he went to one championship. If if he is if that you UFC career didn't exist, he would be in the same boat that guys in Bellator are fighting an uphill battle with, guys in uh, KSW are fighting an uphill battle with, every other PFL, they're all fighting an uphill battle because they can't, they just legitimately cannot typically put a, put together the resume to jump over the UFC guys. Um, they're fighting so an uphill battle, why, but then we're adding an extra hill on that hill that yeah, already exists. We're where not it's adding just like, the hill. And because they're adding the hill, they should Listen, because all those UFC fights exist, we know Demetrius is He's a, a one twenty-five. Exactly. So I agree. Me. I agree. He tells me to my face. We, can't, we cannot ignore all those one twenty-five fights. He's clearly a one twenty-fiver. But we but can't that, ignore what the I don't man care what he says. Yes, I can, yes. and I will, okay. and I have. Oh my and god! I can, and I will, and I have. It's also you talk about uh, like, to Jed's to Jed's point about sitting on rankings. Like if you want to talk about sitting on rankings, well, Demetrius hasn't had a flyweight, a legitimate flyweight. <laughs> he hasn't had a flyweight fight in like three years. Like legitimately, has not fought at 125 pounds in like three years. At what point? Again, I yeah, agree. You know I what? Neither neither is Davidson Figueroa or any of these any of these other freaking flyweights. They're all coming in there at 135, 140. Like what are we talking about here? Like but they're hitting they're hitting 125. Blame Adriana Marais because he <laughs> yes. this is his fault. This this is his like, let's, this is his let's fault. be real. We, Most definitely. We could live with the illusion. We could live with this <laughs> fantasy world that you guys created that I tried to be like, this is stupid and we shouldn't do it. But then he clearly comes in and the hydration. I love you just calling this whole time too. Just he can non- still make it. Uh, yeah, well, I know that he missed weight and he failed hydration, but now he's passed both because that's how science works. I, yeah. People lose weight while getting more hydrated. It's obviously a cartoon show up there and he ruined the illusion. Can I, now we have uh, to live in reality. Can I, and reality is cold and painful. It's, Gene, can it's, I apologize to you first before you you make what I hope is a closing statement? I was going to okay. make a closing statement. Yes. <laughs> okay, thank God. I want to apologize because uh, I'm the Prince of Positivity, and <laughs> this has come up in a couple of meetings, and we didn't want to derail like uh, you know some of the meetings are you know our our business normal editorial business meetings. So we were kind of like, let's push it back. Let's keep pushing it back. We'll have a rankings meeting eventually. We didn't, and then we realized it's a good. This is a good time. Let's just do another show. Let's do it. We'll, Let's, we'll do I'm it sure, We'll do I'm it I'm sure on the show with Damon and Jed and Shaheen and myself, we can figure it, and then we'll bring it to the rest of the panel. And the panel will unanimously agree, just like we did on the show. And there will be peace in the land, and we'll we'll know once for all. Uh I, I should have known that this would happen. 
And I apologize. I was too, I was too optimistic. <laughs> so I want to be clear. I don't care. We can do whatever. I've been I know, living in this weird world you guys have created. If we yeah. so stay there, that's the, fine. My sure. closing thing on this is just, I want, I need to avoid a world in which we are in a situation where we might have to put Adrian and Marais as the number one flyweight in the world. Cause the dude is clearly not a flyweight. So like, I don't know where we landed. I feel like we didn't accomplish anything we're in nothing. the last I, 20 minutes. No, I, we're I know we're how flying fancy it. free still. We didn't land anywhere. So we're, I, we're still, I, we're, we're circling the airport it, and we're running out of fuel. So, <laughs> Here, here's what we do to, to assuage your guilt. We keep everything the same. And when they three match, if Marias loses, he does not get to become number one flyweight. And then we make the adjustment. And if he wins or if he loses, we make zero adjustments and continue on. If Marias wins, then we make then the we adjustment can, because of yeah, him. Yeah, because then then we're just directly punishing Adriana Marias. Yeah, we I just have to admit we just, idea. I don't we just hate have that to idea. admit we just have to admit we're showing bias for Demetrius Johnson because no one else okay, is in this situation. That. Yeah, Honestly, even though he turned but, on us. Yeah, but, uh, but that, hold on, so, hold, on hold on, <laughs> let me just say one last thing. We're showing we're showing bias to a guy. Who said on our network, on our MMA hour? You can't prove that. I'm Great not program. a flyweight. I'm that. never going to be a flyweight, and I'm not a fly. I'm a bantamweight. So we're going to oh, we're going to show fighters, bias for a guy. You can't who prove this. You have no receipts. <laughs> yeah, fighters never make never make unwieldy claims about their status and careers. Oh, that never happens. Saying, let's just I'm take just let's saying. just take everything they say at their word. Even the, one of the arguably the greatest fighter of all time. Let's just take I'm him just at his saying. word. Okay, I'm just saying. We're I'm going to put a pin in this because Please. we're only four. There is a panel of eight who does. <laughs> rankings we need to have yes. a broader rankings meeting my hope was that we would maybe we're not come doing to this a resolution we're not doing can this again just, can we just record the whole panel and just put <laughs> no that can we bottom? never do this again can we <laughs> ak you brought this upon us i did I did. This is my fault. So now that now we will follow this to its inevitable conclusion. We're going to have to have the bigger discussion with the team about this. Maybe we'll revisit on a, a future okay. ranking show. Uh, for the moment, we got to put a pin in it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Last thing right. before we get out of here. Yeah, let's have uh, some fun. AK, yeah. I don't really know I've what this is. a great time. Okay. I don't really know what this next thing is. AK okay. has a little game for us that he wants to do, so I'm going to pass the floor to you, my man. Yeah, let's get, let's, you know what, guys, let's get back on the same page. Let's get back together. Let's have some fun. But that was a good discussion, though. I think most, mostly harmless. All right. So we've had a couple of people who fought this last month who I think most of us would agree are barreling towards a tele shot or 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 will def almost definitely become champions uh and i'm not including hamzat by the way that's its own discussion we've talked about hamzat to death on this uh and there's a young man also that's fighting at use 280 at the end of our upcoming ranking cycle or sorry this current ranking cycle who i think we've also said multiple times we think will be a champion so i've Which, taken by these the way, three names let me, let me just throw in real quick mm -hmm. ufc 280 is money like if you, if you look at the rankings the the rankings up there we just came up with ufc 280 is up and down that that mf or like mm -hmm. there are so many matchups that have so much like big potential to for big moves in the rankings and stuff on 280 i, I love it i need right, islam so to win or i'm gonna be a sad man on this ranking show <laughs> you need who to win? i have islam islam oh, okay. is number one look, oh yeah because you also have him number one over charles because you just don't <laughs> respect the rule of anything yes i'm just willing to say right here i was happy to uh 
take my scoreboard victory lap on the whole flyweight conundrum, and I will come on this program and let you guys lay waste to me should Charles, <laughs> should Charles beat Islam. All right, listen. So I want to talk about three. We're, we'll, I'm looking forward to that so much now. Uh, I want to take three names here, and you guys are going to tell me. I'm going to give one name to each of you guys. Uh, we'll go one by one. And you guys are going to tell me, uh, let's say you're their manager or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Are you either your manager or you're the matchmakers? I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, and you have, how, how does this person get to a title and how soon can they do it? Because again, I think with all three of these guys, we're pretty sure they're going to make it. One, one maybe less so, but okay. Jed, let me go to you first. Let me go to you first, Jed. I'm going to give you uh, a young man that you have been a fan of and have been touting as a future two division champion for a long time now. Uh, he fights Malcolm Gordon. At UFC 280, a good old Canadian boy who I'm a little scared is kind of getting thrown to the lions here. Uh, Jed, tell me, how does Muhammad Makayev get to a UFC title? How soon do you think this happens? What's the path? What is the path for him? So you're basically asking us to pick out the opponents that would Mate. leapfrog sure, him opponents. Oh, and, and, and if you want to go broader than that, like, do, do other things have to happen? Do other guys have to lose? Do other like, you know, do other things have to happen for this guy to get a faster, a faster pass? So kind of like project a little bit here, do a little fantasy booking, uh, you know, for the UFC and for for this fighters, uh, this fighters chances. What do you think, Jed? Okay, well, I'm going to assume we're going to talk flyweight title because mm -hmm. you are correct. I think he probably has a good or, shot or if to you, get Or two. if you think his faster path for some reason is somehow to bantamweight, if you can if you can outline no, that as well. Yeah. I don't okay. think that's the case. So just uh, to, to, for context, Muhammad Mahayev currently, as we speak, is tied for number 12 at our flyweight rankings. Yes. Ooh, where do I have him put in flyweight? That's a great question. You have him the highest, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure I have him the highest. <laughs> Jed, you have him at, yeah, number eight. Number eight, that's honestly pretty reasonable for me, so. Uh, <laughs> He'll be number one after his next win by Jed's ranking, so. <laughs> hey, maybe that'll solve the DJ conundrum. Yeah. Well, by then I'll get to see uh, Askar Askarov and see if he still has anything left in the tank. So he may definitely move up a bit. I could see putting Mahayev above, above Askarov. Might be tough to put him above Kaikar France. Uh, I mean, so his path to the title is going to be pretty short, I think, right? Mm. He's 2-0 in the UFC now. It's not going to be like incredible. We're not talking two fights, but it's not that many. Uh, he's got the Malcolm Gordon fight. He's going to win that fight, I, I would assume. And I think that is going to be the determiner, right? They, they're going to let him... They know what they've got with this guy. They know that this kid is special. They know this. I mean, you hear everybody talk about him. They say this this guy is, is the future. We're hearing the same stuff we heard about Cain Velasquez coming in. It's that kind of hype around him. So they know they've got something. I think they also will not want to build him up. They won't want to rush him, rush him, but we can we can speed things up a little bit after he's got his third fight under him, has little wheels. So after Gordon... Now we're talking somebody in the top 15, lower end of the top 15, somebody there. Uh, what's Tim Elliott doing these days, AK? You're our matchmaking specialist. I think he has a, I thought he had a fight coming up, uh, I think later this year, not this month, I think uh, later in November or December. Also, I will note he is ranked below Muhammad right now. For, yes, uh, for yes. us uh, at least. Oh, Again, I'm, we have him tied more, for 12th. I'm more looking at the UFC's rankings for this because their rankings, while they're fake, uh, rankings, fake yes. and the nonsensical, fake of of are going to honestly play more of an effect in the uh, carving a path out. Right? Sure, which is sure. a real so shame. Which is a real he, shame. He, he fights Tim Elliott early next year or something. He beats Tim Elliott. Then, then what's happening? Yeah, so he fights Tim Elliott. He beats Tim Elliott. Then he is 
uh, going to be at that point ranked in the top 15 in the UFC's rankings. He probably actually will get a top 15 ranking after the Malcolm Gordon, somewhere at the maybe number 15 spot, based on how they usually shake out. Fights Tim Elliott. Now we're talking top 10 for the UFC. Then we're going to be talking somebody like Hoival, uh, Hoival and Askarov are fighting. So maybe that's a little, maybe he fights the loser of Askarov, Hoival, Ooh. something like that. Just that sort of will depend on how time frames shake out. Uh, Matt Chanel has a fight booked. Who's he fighting? AK? Oh, God. Matthias Nicolau. Yeah. So let's assume that Nicolau and Chanel, the winner of that, fights the winner of Hoival Askarov. Uh, we can throw in Makayev against the loser of one of those two fights would be fine. Then he's in the middle of the top 10. So we're talking Gordon, two more fights in the top. Uh, we're talking Gordon to get into the top 15, uh, Tim Elliott ish to get up another fight there to get closer to the top five, somewhere just outside of it. Then it's a title eliminator over however it's going to shake out because obviously at this point, a lot of balls are in the air. We're going to have a fourth bite, I think, between Figgy and Moreno. Uh, Alexander Pantoja is widely overlooked. <laughs> like, maybe yes. deserves a title fight at some damn point in his life. He got some pound for pound love this month. I'm not sure. So it kind of popped out of nowhere. I, he got some uh, pound for pound love. That, a lot of that was on me because I sure. think I had been disrespecting his career <laughs> accomplishments until I went back and checked it all out again. So uh, I think we're talking four fights, right? The, four fights the Gord- to get a shot. The, yeah. The. His including fifth, this week, his this fifth upcoming fight will one. Be. Yeah, including so Gordon. Yeah. Gordon, a top 10 ish, a top five ish, a title eliminator. His fifth fight, he will be fighting for the belt within five fights. And you think he wins it in his first try, like against whether it's Figueredo, Moreno, whoever, whoever it is? I don't is. know if he wins it. Well, I don't want to see a little more development from him. I, I think oh. he has a really good chance because if they if they were to book it tomorrow, I would not pick him to beat Figueredo or Moreno. But in a year and a half to two years, which is kind of the timeline, we're, and also this assumes no injuries anywhere because yeah, that to say. totally derails it. But based on where he's at and his projected level of development, I could totally see him by 23-24 beating, especially depending who has the belt, because I would say that I think in two and a half years, he beats Figueredo if Figueredo's still holding the title somehow because I anticipate Figueredo to start dropping off. Moreno, sort of a different story. Moreno still seems to be getting better, still relatively young, I could see that being a bridge too far, but I think he is competing for a title in five fights. He is he is actively wow. challenging for the belt in five fights. You're saying by the end of and you said possibly end of 2023, early 2024. Uh, no, no. By the end of 2023 it would be too fast. I think. Okay. I think we're talking early. So that's not that quick. I think we're talking 2024, just so because that's not that five, quick. five fights is a lot of fights. Like, sure. Because he takes Gordon next month. He's not getting another one this year. Let's say he does three in 2023. He's fighting for the belt somewhere in 2024, I think. Wow. I don't remember people. He's, uh, he's 22 years old. He's 22, 22 years old. He's a rush. July no 2000 baby. July I don't like that. I, We're saying. I think he has a legitimate. Like there's absolutely bit. a world where he can become the UFC youngest champion. I'm not saying I would. What is the right? What that. is John Jones? And what was John, how old is John? Well, John Jones? Jones's bull is is garbage one. Jose Aldo is a spiritual youngest champion. Sure. In UFC WC. History. Sure. Um, they were both 23 and change, I think. Okay. Maybe Let me just say that there is a day coming, and it's probably not very far off, where all of the UFC champions are going to be born in the 2000s. Of course. And I will be so ridiculously no, sad. Not, not <laughs> heavyweight. I'll, be so, I'll, I'll celebrate. I, not heavyweight. Yeah. Not I mean, heavyweight. Eventually, it will happen, and I'm going to be so sad when that happens. 
That's well, all. Let's, yeah. uh, you know what? Then let's thank you. Uh, Jed, let's, amazing let's, breakdown. Let's go. I'm oh, sorry, Chad, is there something else you want to add to your, uh, your Merkaya no, theory? No, I was okay. saying let's let's talk to Sean about about young champions, <laughs> and he seems to be having an existential crisis. Okay, well, I'll, uh, Shaheen, this, Look, this man, won't I'm be on no sleep. There's a newborn baby in this house. I'm like a walking dead right now. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this young man who uh, I don't think he's I don't think he's that. Uh, how old is he? Uh, I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Shaheen, and then we'll close out with Damon. Uh, this man made quite an impression at uh the pair on the was this paris what was the car that just passed by 279 excuse me uh one mr jailton almeida uh oh. this dude is a absolute beast uh and it, it's, a, it's a bit of a tricky question because uh he made his day he's been fighting at light heavyweight for a long time but by all accounts he's very happy being fat and happy um up at heavyweight does not plan to go back down to 205 anytime soon we don't we don't know he he last fight he weighed in 220 he might be able to make 205 if he wants if the right fight came along it appears the plan is very heavyweight but Shaheen, i throw this to you give me a little plan for Justin Almeida too because i think i personally think he's going to be ufc champion someday i i just see he has that shamayev grappling dominance that is just crazy you'll be happy he's born in 1991 uh so you can he's he's that fine normal normal <laughs> ufc man UFC, this is you know, a tough UFC one because i don't used to. um i don't do you think, think he can uh, ever Shaheen, make it how, as a heavyweight how do you get him there how long does it take him and uh i'm really not heavyweight a big heavyweight. Light what heavyweight. was he like 220 for this last one it was a 220 catch weight i think He's just not like you. We're in an age where you can't hmm. make it to to the top of the mountain in, in the heavyweight division, being that super super small heavyweight. Yep. Like even the smaller mm-hmm. heavyweights who have sort of made it in the past couple of years of whether it's Stipe or a guy like Cyril Gan, even like they're they're not two twenty. They're like 240, 250 range. Like you just the, the heavyweight right now is full of very big boys, uh, and it's like that that number will just be in my mind so hard to overcome. So for me, like, I just can't even get there with, with, with Almeida at heavyweight, even though like he is obviously a very, very talented just fighter overall. Like I'm very excited to see his future. It feels like inevitably whenever he does come against a top heavyweight, even someone like a Romanov or, or, you know, uh, Tybura or something like that. Like, I just feel like that is going to just be so hard to overcome. So ultimately I think it happens at light heavyweight. If it happens, luckily light heavyweight is a pretty old division. Right. Like outside of a Yuri, most of the top light heavyweights are sort of aging out in the UFC. So in that regard, I think it'll probably take a couple of years. I think he'll probably have to lose one fight at heavyweight and then come over to, to finally make that drop back down and sort of start to work his way up there. So I don't even know at this point, if I'm being honest with you, like if I was to paint, paint a, pa- a path for him, I would be painting a path for like 2000 late 2003 early 2004 range and just starting up the ladder then at light heavyweight so it'd be hard like i don't, I don't think some of the light heavyweights that are there now would be there then so i i can't even get there with almeida yet hmm. if i'm being real that's that guy that guy is a big time lock for me uh damon let me go to you real quick this one is a little well, less complicated time lock so. this one's a little uh, less complicated than the previous two and somehow also more complicated marab davalish really uh, now the longest winning streak, I believe, at bantamweight, uh, including this 140-pound catchweight bout in there, clearly should be fighting for a title tomorrow. Of course, he can't. His the champion, the undisputed champion, is his best friend and teammate, uh, Aljamain Sterling. So, how do we get Marab to a belt? Can it be at 135? Is he going to have to jump up? Can he go? I don't think he can go down. I don't know. I don't know, uh, Damon. What's your thoughts on how do we get Marab to a UFC title? 
Well, I think there's a couple of factors to play in here. I mean, legitimately, he should be, you know, after TJ Dillashaw, he probably should be the next guy in line, but we know he's not going to fight Aljamain Sterling. So I think it all comes down, you know, the fastest pass from Rob Devalishvili, TJ Dillashaw beats Aljamain Sterling and he gets the next title shot. He goes in there and tries to avenge his best friend and teammates. And there's actually a storyline there. Um, I think that's the fastest path. That's it. That's it. You TJ Dillashaw beats Aljamain Sterling. You do to Wildsville next. Um, he's earned it. He's on a long winning streak. He just beat Jose Aldo, who legitimately should be in the title fight. Uh, he has a better resume than TJ Dillashaw. And he also didn't get suspended two years for juice in his ass. Um, so, <laughs> Jose Aldo deserved it. He didn't get it. Um, so that's the easiest path. That's the fastest pass. If Aljamain Sterling wins, which I predict he will win, I think he's going to beat TJ Dillashaw and remain champion. Um, then it becomes a lot harder because Mirab is not a fly. It's not a featherweight. He's just not, he's, he's way undersized for featherweight. Could you imagine like put, put him next to Max Holloway and see the size difference? Like it's I mean, like, he might stand like somewhat shorter than, than Volkanovsky. Cause Volkanovsky is not the biggest guy in the world, but in terms of like size and power, I mean, come on, I love Mirab. I'm a huge Mirab guy, but he's not a featherweight. Um, also, also let me add that, let me just jump in that like Aljo's not a featherweight either. Like Aljo's the one talking no. about he would go back. I, I, th- I don't think if if it came down to it, and it's like, hey, dude, you're gonna drop your UFC title on this money. I don't think he he's gonna actually do that. Yeah, and I think and you I think, think Sterling. So? I think, I think if he Sterling, TJ, there's a real world where he's just like, f it, I want Volkanovski now. And then he can't. Yeah, but dropping your title, fight for it. dropping your title no. is a different thing entirely. No, I don't think you lose so. All so leverage within the UFC. This Sterling is a man keep his title, but Morab can fight for the interim belt or whatever. But then they Sterling, would have to fight. Sterling beats Sterling beats TJ. Then I think it becomes Morab money fight. While really, and what I mean by that is, is he's going to seek out what money fights uh, is Morab you know, going to be in. <laughs> Sean O'Malley after he loses to Peter Yan. If he uh, loses to Peter Yan, if you lose O'Malley like that, that's a, that's a potential fight. fight. You, know, uh, you know, he could have a, he could have a you know he could he he at that point he becomes the gatekeeper a bit at that point because we know he's not going to fight Aljamain. Also, let me be clear about this. I I support their friendship. I support the, their teammates. I support all of that. I do, and I, I totally respect that. But how many times in the history of our sport? Have we heard two best friends, two teammates will never fight each other. Never happen. Not going to happen. Well, here's a boatload of money. You sure you don't want to do that? You sure you don't want pay-per-view points? You sure? You sure about that? And then we get Rashad and John Jones. Then we get Tyron Woodley and Robbie Lawler. Then we get, there's a million examples of guys who said they'd never fight each other. I'm not pushing for them to fight each other. I'm just saying if he, if Sterling goes out and beats TJ Dillashaw, the way I expect him to do it, then it's probably going to be the winner of Jan O'Malley next because either the Jan rematch or the, and we know the O'Malley fight would be huge. And if he beats Peter Jan, he's earned it. Um, that's probably going to be next. Who's after that? I mean, Chito Vera would probably be the next guy in line if he's not going to fight Murad. But again, big bag of cash, two fights away. And I think they, they I think they put enough on the table. They get them to fight each other. I'm not like advocating like for that. it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We've seen this a thousand times before, where two guys say, "We'll never fight each other. We're team. I'll leave the division. I'll leave the UFC." Sure, you won't. No, that feels Here's more realistic. Here's, that feels they, more realistic they, to me. This is Sarah Longo. They aren't going to do that, though. 
Damon Martin hates friendship. Uh, money over friendship every time in the, in the, in the Martin household. Uh, you've heard it here, people. But uh, I do like the idea that Marab is really not far from fighting for a title, regardless of what happens. He he so deserves it. He's a very he's a really good fighter. He's very exciting, and I don't want him to just become a glorified. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you just so threw away the last crusade of Jose Aldo for no reason at all. Right. Now, that matchmaking right. was stupid to begin with, yes. especially in Salt Lake City. <laughs> I'm not going to get on a rant, but if that fight is anywhere else than Salt Lake City, Jose Aldo's winning that effing fight 10 times he out of 10. Win. Yeah. But thank you, we guys. Thank you, guys, for answering those questions. Uh, we're all winners at this game. There's, this is not a competitive game. You're all winners. I loved all the arguments you made for these guys, except except for Sheen. I disagree. I think Jelton, I'm telling you, this guy will win a huge title how somewhere, possibly even a heavyweight. But you, you give tell me, me the how path. He gets he's going to take, take out Nganu. I don't know, man. This guyy's a beast. He's super nice. He's so not. He's so not going to do that. He is. All right, I'm on record now. This dude's my listen. This dude's my Shemayev right now. All right, Jed, you you know you were I you did it. a great oh, job. I Shemayev. love the energy. You had Shemayev number two way ahead of the rest of us. You had you had a number two, and we questioned it then. Almeida, give me give. I need him to see him beat at least someone in the top twenty, a live body. He will jump up my heavyweight rankings real fast. I'll tell you that right now. This guy Connor, will be UFC champion somewhere. Connor and I were talking about Almeida on No Bet's Bar this week, and it's. I'm I'm willing to believe at light heavyweight because he clearly is a light heavyweight. He just doesn't want to do it. He's not like he can't. Francis Ngannou, you can't tackle Francis Ngannou. Yes, he can. Forty pounds less. Yes, he can. And you can get your head cleaved from your shoulders, bro. That's just how it goes. You know why? Jujitsu, jujitsu, Jed. That's why it's a soft art. Look it up. All right, (laughs) weight classes don't matter when you're a master of jujitsu. Okay. I love the energy. Love it. Just, that's it. That's I'm it. Thank you for thank you for playing, guys. I loved all your I loved all your uh, arguments. All right. Well, with that, uh, that wraps up another very spirited episode of the MA Fighting Ranking Show. It's always a fun time. I feel like we accomplished very little here, but I enjoyed the ride with you fellas. Uh, as always, tune in next month. Uh, we will be back the week after UFC 280. Again, changed up ranking schedule, so all of our rankings content will come out the week after UFC 280. In the meantime, thank you everyone for listening in. We love you guys so much. That man is Damon Martin. That man is Jed Mishu for AK Lee. I am Sean Oshadi. Keep it locked to MMA Fighting, and we'll see you later. That one championship is just going to end up going two hours. <laughs> I knew it would, too. I knew it would. I knew it would. I was like, this is not going to be short. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll have fault because he clearly cheated. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.